Hi, this is David. Welcome to episode 45 of Upward Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. This episode focuses on Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Unless uh, otherwise noted, all scripture quotations for this episode are taken from the World English Bible, Orthodox version, because the World English Bible is in the public domain. To get the most of this podcast, it would be good for you to take about five minutes to read Romans chapter 1. Let's get started. Paul was the author of, of at least 13 New Testament epistles. If Paul was the author of the book of Hebrews, then Paul was the author of 14 New Testament epistles. Paul often wrote to churches he had previously ministered to, but in this case, in the book of Romans, Paul wrote the book of Romans before he had ever visited the church or churches in Rome. Paul starts off the epistle to the Romans, stating three facts about himself and his calling. One, Paul indicated he was a servant of Jesus Christ. Two, Paul indicated that he was called an apostle or called to be an apostle. And three, Paul indicated that he was set apart for the gospel announced by God the Father about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Paul opens the epistle to the Romans with these words, quote, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the good news of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son. End quote. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 to 3a. First, Paul introduces himself as a servant of Jesus Christ. This word for servant can be translated servant or slave. I prefer the term servant because it is used of Old Testament biblical characters who served God, such as Moses and the priest and the Levites. The Bible refers to Joshua as the servant of Yahweh in Judges chapter 2, verse 8, and the Septuagint uses the word for doulos here, which is the word for slave or servant. Samuel, when he was called by God, was instructed by Eli the priest to say to God, when he heard the voice of God, quote, speak Yahweh for your servant hears, end quote. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 9. God referred to King David as his servant. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 8. Paul is a doulos, that is a slave or servant. So let's look at how doulos is used in reference to Paul and to the verbal form of that word, douleo, in reference to Paul. Uh, doulos means servant or slave, and douleo is the verbal form of this word and means to serve. Characteristics of a servant. One, a servant serves his master. So a servant of Christ serves Christ. Paul says in Colossians chapter 4, verse 1, quote, Masters, give to your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. End quote. Two, a servant of Christ serves others, believers in Christ, for Christ's sake. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, quote, for we don't preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake, end quote. 
Three, a servant of Christ is focused on pleasing Christ rather than pleasing men. Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, quote, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? For if I were still pleasing men, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ, end quote. Some teachings of the Bible were not popular in the time of the writing of the New Testament, and that is true today. However, we must be focused on pleasing God. We must not amend God's truth, just so other people will not be offended. For a servant of Christ does the will of God from the heart. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 to 8, quote, Servants, be obedient to those who, according to the flesh, are your masters, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as to Christ, not in the way of service only when eyes are on you, as men-pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord, and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, he will receive the same good from the Lord, whether he is bound or free. End quote. So children, when you do your homework and, uh, and obey your parents, your perspective should be to do your best job as service to God. And adults, when you work for an employer, do your best job whether you are watched or not, because by doing so, you will be serving Jesus. Five, servants of Christ pray for other Christians they are serving. Paul gave the uh, example of Epaphras, who he calls a servant of Christ. Epaphras served the people in Colossae by praying for them. Epaphras prayed for the Christians in Colossae that they would, quote, stand perfect and complete in all the will of God, end quote. Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Next, we see five more characteristics of a servant of God in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, which I will quote below. But first, here are five additional characteristics of a servant of God found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Servants of Christ do not quarrel. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Servants of Christ are gentle to all. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Servants of Christ are able to teach uh, people God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Servants of Christ are patient. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Servants of Christ gently correct those who oppose them. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Servants of God realize that those who oppose them because they are living and obeying Jesus Christ, that these people need to turn from their sins and turn to God, and that these people that oppose them need to come to the knowledge of the truth. So while we should be ready to teach others God's truth, we must not quarrel with unbelievers. We should try to correct false teaching and worldviews, not by quarreling and being harsh, but by being gentle, teaching God's word, and being patient. 
Servants of God realize that those who oppose them are in the devil's snare and are captive to the devil's will. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 22 to 24, quote, Flee from youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but refuse foolish and ignorant questionings, knowing that they generate strife. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, but be gentle toward all, able to teach, patient, and gentleness correcting those who oppose him. Perhaps God may give them repentance leading to a full knowledge of the truth, and they may recover themselves out of the devil's snare, having been taken captive by him to his will. End quote. Christians must realize the lost are under the devil's snare. They are the devil's captives. They are misled by false philosophies and worldviews, and Christians are to spend time with those that will not lead them into youthful lust. Christians are to spend time with those who are pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Yet God's servants are to correct those who are wrong, not by quarreling, but with gentleness and patience, and they must teach others the right way. Our goal should not be to win an argument, but to pray for the lost and share God's truth to them so they will repent and no longer be captive to the devil. 11. Servants of Christ honor all men. Christians do this by honoring all men, loving the brotherhood, fearing God, and honoring the king. See 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 to 17. Sometimes it is challenging to honor those who seem to be dishonorable. Often government leaders do not live their lives according to God's word. The prophets were considered God's servants, Revelation chapter 10, verse 7. God's servants fear God, Revelation 19, chapter 19, verse 5. In heaven, God's servants will serve God, Revelation chapter 22, verse 3. God reveals himself to his servants uh, concerning what must happen soon. This has been done in the book of Revelation. See Revelation chapter 22, verse 6. Paul, as a servant of Jesus, served Christ by sharing the good news with others, by training and building up disciples of Christ. Paul served Christ through teaching and preaching. Paul served Christ by carrying on a bivocational ministry. Paul raised his own financial support by making and selling tents. Paul served Christ by praying for others. When Jesus appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus, Jesus told Paul that Jesus appeared to Paul to appoint him a, quote, a servant and a witness, end quote, of his vision of the resurrected Christ and the things that Jesus would reveal to Paul. See Acts chapter 26, verse 16. Paul said about his conversion, quote, I saw on the way a light from the sky, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who traveled with me. When we had all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 
Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? I said, Who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But arise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you a servant and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will reveal to you. End quote. Acts chapter 26, verses 13 to 16. Paul preached his gospel based on a revelation of Jesus Christ. See Galatians chapter 1, verse 12. All people are servants, whether they want to be or not. We are either servants of sin, unrighteousness, and the devil, or servants of God in righteousness. We are servants of whom we obey. Jesus says in John chapter 8, verses 34 to 36, quote, Most certainly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is the bondservant of sin. A bondservant doesn't live in the house forever. A son remains forever. If therefore the son makes you free, you will be free indeed, end quote. The Greek word for bondservant in John chapter 8, verses 34 to 36 in the World English Bible is the same um, word that's translated in, in, uh, in the same word in the Greek that's translated in a servant in Romans chapter 1, verse 1 in the World English Bible. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, verses 16 to 18, quote, don't you know that when you present yourselves as servants and obey someone, you are servants of whomever you obey, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness. But thanks be to God that whereas you were bondservants of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were delivered. Being made free from sin, you became bondservants of righteousness. End quote. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, verse 22, quote, But now, being made free from sin and having become servants of God, you have your fruit of sanctification and the result of eternal life. End quote. All authentic Christians are servants of God, and they serve God by keeping God's commandments and turning from sin. All Christians also serve God through a ministry. The Bible teaches each Christian is given a spiritual gift to serve God with. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 11, quote, Now there are various kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are various kinds of service and the same Lord. There are various kinds of workings, but the same God who works all things in all. But to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the profit of all. For to one is given through the Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, and to another workings of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of languages, and to another the interpretation of languages, but the one and the same Spirit produces all of these, distributing to each one separately as he desires. End quote. Paul, as a servant of Jesus, served Christ by sharing the good news with others, 
by training and building up disciples of Christ. Paul served Christ through teaching and preaching. Paul served Christ by carrying on a vocational ministry. Paul raised his own support by making and selling tents. Paul served Christ by praying for others. All Christians serve God by keeping his commandments, and all Christians are to serve God with a ministry. For Paul, one of his gifts was the gift of being an apostle. What is an apostle? An apostle is someone who is sent. However, in the Bible, there are basically three different kinds of apostles. Paul was an apostle in each of these possible meanings of the term. In the broadest sense of the word, an apostle refers to someone who is sent to carry out a mission or task given to them by the one who sent them. All Christians are sent by God to perform some kind of ministry. However, the Bible makes clear that not all Christians are apostles. There are two other meanings of the term apostle, which does not apply to all Christians. The two other meanings of the term apostle that does not apply to all Christians include the following. One, an apostle in the primary sense of the term, and two, an apostle in the sense of a messenger sent out by a local church to assist in the furtherance of the gospel, who in the first century A.D., served as assistance to an apostle in the primary sense of the term. In the broadest sense of the term, an apostle is someone who is sent. An apostle is a messenger. It is someone who is sent. In that sense, it is similar to the term angel, which refers to human or heavenly messengers. From Jesus' disciples, Jesus chose 12 to be apostles. These 12 are Simon Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot. Uh, Luke chapter 6 verses 13 to 16. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 2, Simon the Zealot is called Simon the Canaanite. There is also mentioned uh, Lebias, who was also called Thaddeus. Lebias seems to be another name for Judas, the son of James. Thomas is called Didymus in John uh, chapter 20, verse 24. John chapter 21, verse 2 mentions Nathanael, but he is not clearly called an apostle. If Nathanael was an apostle, he must have been one of the other 12 uh, apostles mentioned above, but with a different name than listed in uh, Luke or Matthew. In John chapter 13, verse 16, we see that a servant is not greater than his Lord or his master. The apostles were chosen by Jesus, and Jesus gave commandments to his apostles through the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 2. Matthias replaced Judas as an apostle in Acts chapter, chapter 1, verse 26. The qualifications for the office of apostleship, uh, as outlined by Peter, was 1. Jesus must call them to be an apostle. 2. They were with Jesus' ministry from when Jesus began his ministry after being baptized by John the Baptist until Jesus ascended into heaven. And 3. They had seen and witnessed Jesus being resurrected from the dead. See uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 21 and also verse 26. 
Peter in Acts chapter 1 quotes the book of Psalms to make the point that another person was to take Judas Iscariot's office of being an apostle. Psalm 109 verse 8 says, quote, Let another take his office. End quote. Peter then says, quote, Of the men therefore who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to the day that he was received up from us, of these one must become a witness with us of his resurrection, end quote. Acts chapter 1, verses 21 to 22. There appears to be two people who met the requirements of being with Jesus throughout his ministry, other than the 11 apostles that were still remaining, who witnessed Jesus' ascension into heaven and witnessed his resurrection. These two disciples were Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice. The second one was Matthias, and both were equally qualified, but which one was Jesus' choice to be Judas' replacement? After prayer, the disciples cast lots, and the lot fell on Matthias. Wonders and signs were done by the original apostles. See Acts chapter 2, verse 43. In some instances, the gift of the Holy Spirit was brought about by the laying on of the hands of the original apostles, but not always. See Acts chapter 8, verse 18. The apostles were leaders in the early church. See Acts chapter 15, verses 22 and 23. Paul was an apostle to the Gentiles. See Romans chapter 11, verse 13. Associated with Paul's apostleship was that he saw the Lord Jesus Christ. See 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Apostles were members of the early church who had the office of apostle during the first century. It is questionable whether there are apostles today, and definitely not in that sense of the term. There is no need for apostles today to add to the Bible. The Bible is complete. Some incorrectly see the office of apostle in some church leaders today. Only in the general sense of a person sent by God can people be called apostles today, or possibly of a servant of Christ sent out from the local church to serve other churches, but not in the sense that Paul was an apostle, uh, nor in the sense of the original 12 apostles. We reap the benefits of the original apostles through the New Testament. The apostles still build up the church through the writings of the apostles in the New Testament. See 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 28 and 29, which shows that not all Christians are apostles. Being a witness of the resurrected Christ was a qualification of the original apostles. Paul witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 7 and 9. In a, in a broad sense, all Christians are witness of Jesus' resurrection because Jesus lives in their hearts. But this is talking about actually physically seeing the resurrected Christ. The term apostle can also have a second meaning. Besides the authoritative apostles who were leaders of the early church and of whom some of those of early apostles' writings became scripture, there were lesser apostles. They were simply messengers and workers sent out from a local church to minister to other geographical areas similar to what we call missionaries or people called to minister 
and being commissioned by a local church. An example was Titus, who was Paul's partner in ministry, and he was evidently sent out by the churches. See 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23. Also, Epaphroditus was an apostle sent out from the Philippian church and a servant of Paul's needs. See Philippians chapter 2, verses 25 to 30. Today, there may be apostles in that sense of the term, but today it is best to call them missionaries or some other uh, title rather than apostles uh, because they lack uh, apostolic authority. Today, apostolic authority comes from the New Testament, not from people who are alive today. Today, each Christian has the duty to read and study the Bible themselves and not just take someone else's word for it. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23, in regards to Titus, and in Philippians chapter 2, verse 25, in regards to Epaphroditus, uh, the Greek word apostolos is translated as messenger or messengers in the World English Bible. So whatever your Bible translation is, it may not translate the Greek word as apostle. But actually the word translation messenger or messengers or something like that uh, does convey the meaning of the word uh, apostle, apostolos in these uh, contexts. In the early church, there were false apostles, so we should not be surprised that there are people today making false claims about themselves and their spirituality. See 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses uh, 5 and 13. The signs of the original apostles included uh, signs, wonders, and mighty works. See 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Paul was an apostle to Jesus Christ, Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. The original apostles are considered the foundation of the church, with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. Special revelations about God were given to the original apostles and prophets. See Ephesians chapter 3, verse 5. The apostles and others gifted by God were to help the church attain maturity in their walk with God. See Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. One of the functions of an apostle was teaching, see 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, but teaching was not limited to apostles. Pastors also taught, see Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Paul was appointed as a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles, see 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11. The original apostles were placed on an equal level with the holy prophets, See 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 2. Now let us look at the verbal form of the word for apostle. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul was sent, apostello, not to baptize, but to preach the good news. Paul was set aside for the gospel of Christ. So now, so let's look at Paul's apostleship. One, the source of Paul's apostleship was the Lord Jesus Christ. See Romans chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. Through Jesus, Paul was given grace to do his work as an apostle. See Romans chapter 1, verse 5. And three, the purpose of Paul's apostleship is found in Romans chapter 1, verse 5. A part of the apostleship purpose of Paul 
was to lead Christians to the obedience of faith. This means that the apostle preaches, teaches, and prays so that believers may grow to spiritual maturity and walk in obedience to God's word based on their faith in Christ. Now, for the scope of apostles, uh, apostleship and obedience of faith, uh, we look in, Ro in Romans chapter 1, verse 5, his apostleship extended to all the nations. Paul is called to lead people to be disciples of Christ among all nations, Romans chapter 1, verse 5. And this includes them coming to belong to Jesus Christ. Those in Rome were among those to whom Paul was called to bring God's good news and to strengthen believers to be obedient to God's teachings. Paul says regarding the Christians in Rome that they are loved by God, that they are called to be saints. Saints means they are called to live holy lives. Paul's apostleship is for the obedience of faith. Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Paul, as a servant of Christ and an apostle of Christ, was devoted to preaching the gospel. So in Romans chapter 1 verse 1, Paul says, quote, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the good news of God. End quote. Thus far, we have looked at the fact that Paul was a servant of Jesus Christ and that Paul was called to be an apostle. In the next episode of this podcast, I plan to look at this third point that Paul was set apart for the good news of God. Thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me, Remember to keep God first in your life. Bye for now.